Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Well, hello and welcome, everyone. Welcome back to the China Shop. If it's for, if it's your first time here, just plain old welcome. Get on inside. I'm Shopkeeper Dan. With me today is Jason, host of Completely Off the Rails podcast. How are you doing today, Jason? I'm doing great. Now that the market is closed and I've stopped losing money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that feels like a typical Friday in my house. Uh, Kyle is uh, on vacation. He went up to Jackson Hole to see the the Fed. Powell speak live, you know, he's just such a Powell junkie. Can't get enough. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? Yeah. Yeah, we love it. <laughs> Come on in the shop with us today, folks. Sit back, relax, hedge against the rage machine. We'd like to welcome any new listeners just joining us. We're here smashing our way through a complete set of buying China, sharing those ever-growing strategies for maximizing gains and cutting losses. If you are new to the shop and stock trading in general, we recommend you go ahead and pause the show and check out one of our many beginning trading episodes or uh, maybe our knowledge and resource centers on financialineptitude.com. Uh, we'll have all those links in the episode description. But the best place to be is just head on over to our Discord server. We get on there every day. It's just filled with amazing people. It's just an awesome place to be. It's totally free. No paid tiers or special access areas. And when you do join that server, go ahead and uh, send slide into Kyle's uh, DMs with uh, your, your mailing address and we'll send you some smash-it-yourself swag straight from the shop. We're just so glad everybody's here. It's a lot of fun. Always better with friends. Speaking of friends, Jason, you got any show news to report for us? Yeah, yeah. He gave me August recording schedule. No, no, we would need September. Yeah. September. Yeah. Okay. Let me see if I can do a Kyle impression. Uh, on September 5th, we've got James Woodall from Woodall Wealth Management. On September uh, 6th, we're recording with Martin Sains, author, runs Bequest, an a investing firm. On the 12th, we got Kevin Rendino, CEO of 180 Degree Capital. And on the 13th, we're going to talk to Eric Smolinski, a retail trader and creator of ESAI Invests. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that all sounds fantastic. I can I can hear the excitement in your breathing, Jason. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's fine. I've been working on that one. Yeah. Good job. Good job. <laughs> Hold on, let me have some more whiskey. It might get better. Oh, we have got a loony, luck-filled, lackadaisical episode for you today. Lots of market-moving news, plenty of stocks on the radar, and more options than Russian troops shooting themselves in the leg for that big 50,000-ruble bonus. <laughs> and uh, reach out to us, folks. We do love your messages and comments on Twitter and Facebook, on our Discord. Uh, get on there. A lot of happy, awesome people ready to chat and hang out. If you're old school, you can send us an email to two bulls at financial That's the number two. Or you can give us a phone call at 725-22-BULLS. That's 725-222-8557. Maybe you've got a hot stock tip. Maybe you want to tell us about a great trade you just made. Or maybe you're trying to find a new air supply for your galactic empire and a pesky local regent just refuses to hand over the codes that would allow you to harvest that sweet, sweet oxygen. Doesn't matter. We just love it. Would you reach out? Password is one 
two, three, four, and it will open the airlock. God, now I got to change the combination on my luggage. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> A good sweet air out of the can. Sweet air right out of the can. Oh yeah. Hey, uh, we do, we do, we did get uh, a phone call. We did somebody, somebody did call the hotline. Um, let me see if I pull that up here. Here we go. Hey guys, uh, this is Lyle in Oklahoma, a long-time listener, second-time caller. Uh, this question is actually for Random. Uh, I was curious if uh, he could give his thoughts on the uh, what he thinks the markets are going to do next week. Uh, thanks again, guys. Keep up the good work. And uh, Jason, make sure you keep Dan on track. <laughs> Bye, guys. Oh wow, Random's getting calls now. Random, Random, you wanna you wanna respond to Lyle? Well, Lyle. I can tell you with great certainty that next week the markets will make Dan and Kyle look like idiots and will continue to make me look like a fucking genius. Damn it. That random. It's solid. I don't think it's so random. I think it's... (laughs) (laughs) Always knows the right thing to say. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so did did Kyle prep you with the, uh, the bet results? Oh, God, no. Kyle didn't prep me with anything. Okay. He just said, "He just said, hey, you want to fill in?'" I was like, "Yeah, sure." And then, "Hey, I'll send you everything." And then he left. So, no, no, I have no idea what's going on right now. <laughs> oh well, I didn't calculate them, so uh, you'll have to you'll have to stay tuned till next week, dear listeners, uh, to find out whether or not we completed the month by destroying random. I have a feeling we did. We were so far ahead, but uh, now that I've said that out loud, uh, probably going to end up losing. All right, <laughs> let's let's move on and. Talk about some news. Dow drops deep on moving inflation, COVID frustration, war damnation. We're just bringing you the fucking news. You gotta recognize the game if you don't wanna lose. We're just skipping to bulls trading information. Rioters raiding, insider trading, taxes are raising, bills on the hill. We got a crypto mill. No, they ain't growing weed. When the Fed speaks today, it's some shit we don't need. Sing it, man. Two bulls trading information. What? Two bulls trading information. I'm inclined to agree. Two bulls trading information. That is accurate. Very accurate. All right. Well, uh... Why don't uh, why don't you lead off, Jason? What's your big story for the day? Well, I don't think we can not talk about student loan debt forgiveness and how oh, that's going to yeah. be outstanding for the economy and inflation. <laughs> or will it? Or will it? <laughs> or will it? Yeah. So according to Reuters, the plan that Biden and him announced this week is going to cost roughly $24 billion a year now. They uh, were touting it as inflation saving, but some economists are concerned it's actually going to fuel inflation. Mm. Uh, I believe what we're actually looking at is not so much helping out the American people in this $10,000 off of their hundreds of thousands of dollars of student loan debt that they have, but actually building on a campaign promise that Biden set when he was running for the White House in 2020. Mm. I also don't think it's very uh, coincidental that... It's also going to help Democrats in the in the voting come November. Oh, in the midterms, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, so you think it's think it's just a uh, a vote grab? Like, hey, we yeah. gave you some money. Yeah, it's vote absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like personally, you know, my wife, she's got tons of student loan debt. 
ten thousand dollars won't even pay the interest that's incurred every every month on it. Oh, so <laughs> right. I don't know right. how that's really going to help much. <laughs> Did the article mention why specifically it's going to add to the inflation? Oh, no, no, no. Because it's strictly political. So they didn't really give any kind of uh, <laughs> real answers. Um, yeah, the White House came back uh, and said, well, we haven't determined the price tag on the package yet. Mm. So, you know, we'll, we'll just leave it at that. Uh, because why give numbers when you're talking about billions of dollars and helping the American people out? We don't need specifics. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It uh, and the timing of it does seem suspicious. I totally agree. Uh, anything economically done through the White House is is always has to be interpreted through that political lens. You, you can't help it, uh, and it just always seems to come like right before some sort of election cycle. You know, I came across uh, an article talking about canceling student debt by a, a Columbia professor of economics. Uh, the headline uh, from The Atlantic was actually canceling student debt will cut inflation. It's so, you know, <laughs> we got we got both sides. Uh, if you go out and look like uh, we were talking, Kyle and I were talking last week, any news article these days, you can find a competing one that, that uh, <laughs> says the exact opposite, it seems. So welcome to the age of the Internet. The the nitty gritty nuts and bolts of the article, though, as as Robert R. pointed out on the Discord, because I posted this story yesterday, they say the ending of forbearance is going to be the thing that cuts inflation the most. And with with the announcement that they're going to cut $10,000 and forgive $10,000 uh, per student, they also aiming to end forbearance in January. I don't know how they didn't explain how it would cut inflation, but that that, that is expected to as soon as get people paying on their student loans again uh, might might have some sort of positive effect. Yeah, because we won't be putting more um, money into retailers and uh you know, helping the economy grow that way. We'll be making sure we pay off loans that were too big anyway. You know, now that you're talking about that, there was an interesting part in the article that I read that, mm -hmm. that talked about how American university tuition fees are substantially higher than in most other rich countries. Yes, yeah, substantially oh. by a lot of other rich countries don't pay for their education. Yeah. So they never get into debt. So when <laughs> we focus on that, of how much percentage the uh, tuition has gone up, over the years instead of worrying about how much student loan debt. Yeah. I was thinking about it myself this morning and then, and then I made myself chuckle thinking like, I guess I could reframe this headline as government gives up trying to collect money it loaned to teenagers with no jobs or skills. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but if you think about it like that, it makes a little more sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give it to the American people the way we can understand it, you know? <laughs> Right. Uh, fuck it. We're never going to get this money back. Just just fucking stop trying. Right. Right. Yeah. For all you parents out there that gave your 16 year old kid 500 bucks, you're never seeing that shit again. Yeah. It's the same thing. Just on a larger scale. Just don't, yeah. Right. We've just been doing it on mass. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I, we'd be remiss if uh, we talked about the news and we didn't talk about what went down in Jackson Hole this week. Yes, that's right. The infamous Fed Jackson Hole, Jerome Powell, addressing all of us that I alluded to earlier, where, you know, we're sure Kyle is there with uh, some, some popcorn and some, some beers, having a good time. Powell, uh, you know, he, he came out and he did not say some things that the market responded to very well. <laughs> to, to quote the article on the, on the Financial Times, Powell predicted there would be very likely be some softening of labor market conditions and some pain for households and businesses. Uh, but a failure to restore price stability would mean far greater pain. And what he's saying is, is basically they are going to be 
continue to be aggressive with rate hikes to keep inflation under control. That uh, just because we didn't grow in inflation doesn't mean it's over and they got to keep keep going strong on it. Yeah. And what everybody heard right there was pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be more pain. And that's it. No forward progress, just pain. Just pain. It's going to hurt. Like when we look at the Dow Jones down a thousand today. Oh, yeah. NASDAQ 497, S&P 141. Markets that's did pain. not respond well. Yeah. Markets don't <laughs> like the word pain. Maybe we don't use it twice there, pal. Uh, yeah, I was kicking myself. I actually sent uh, a screenshot to Kyle uh, in, in a DM yesterday, right before close, uh, about a half hour before close, I thought, you know what, Powell's going to say something and it's everybody's going to get spooked. I should just buy a put, some puts on the, on the spy right now that expire tomorrow. It just uh, maybe three, $4 out of the money. I should just do it. And I screenshotted it and I highlighted the $413 spy put that I wanted to buy. And I think they were, they were at like $1.15 and they closed the day over $5. It's like, oh, this is, bad. but you know, I don't like to gamble anymore. I don't like to trade with my gut, but I had a, I had a, I had a, something told me like, he's, he's not going to say anything people like. Yeah. But if you would have bought it, it would have caused the, you know, the data to go the other direction. So really you screwed the markets up today. I, I, yeah, I personally did it by not <laughs> buying those spy puts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I guess, I guess um, a big part of Powell's push. Uh, by the way, uh, I, I, as an aside, last year at Jackson Hole, they were calling uh, surging consumer prices a transitory phenomenon from supply chain issues. So uh, <laughs> maybe when he says pain, that's also bullshit. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying last year, it's nothing but bullshit. Uh, you know, and this harkens back to the 70s when Paul Volcker was a Fed. He became Fed chair in 1979. Uh, when we had, you know, the 70s with really a lot of turmoil and bad inflation. Um, but I guess Volcker really choked the economy and caused uh, pain, a lot of pain, but it brought the economy back where it needed to be. So uh, people watching the Fed noted that uh, keeping at it, a phrase Powell used twice in his speech, was also the title of Paul Volcker's 2018 memoir. So uh, we can we can expect a flashback to the early 80s that's what we're doing now so the economy is just basically rinse and repeat is that what we're talking about here yes yes okay all right all right that tracks all right so you know what as it goes down keep buying it'll get back up (laughs) right it's gonna be painful but don't worry it'll be worth the pain don't worry it'll be worth it yeah 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 all right what what else you got for us jason hot dogs oh hey i'm hungry i'll have a hot dog yeah hot dogs so u.s equities uh, they're saying could be in for another route once summer's over, uh, based off of all things hot dogs. And we're not talking about the one scarfed down at Coney Island on the 4th of July, but this is a hedge fund consisting of a basket of stocks in the S&P with the highest allocations of hedge fund dollars based on holdings of 300 major firms. Now, sounds great. All right. The trend shows that when these hot dogs underperform, the market follows and vice versa. Here's the thing, though. Some of the companies in here are Microsoft, Google, Amazon, Tesla. So, <laughs> so the, the, that's the companies yeah, so, that make up the largest share, the right, mega caps. Right, yeah. So I'm not <laughs> sure if this is really a good indication of market direction. I mean, I would. it stands to reason if these four giants went one direction, the market's likely to follow. So analysis, more like a cold wiener than a hot dog. 
That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Right. Oh my God. It's furthermore, water is wet. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Wow. Yeah. I literally have when when I'm doing my day trading on the on the spy ETF, I literally have a mega cap uh, chart that I put together for trading view weighted as it's weighted on the on the spy because the 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 tr- the trends and technical analysis on that definitely helps inform my my day trading to a, a good degree if it like like you said like it's going up you know the spy's going to follow I'm like oh look the mega caps they're all starting to shoot up well guess i'll buy some calls on the spy exactly yeah yeah well in uh, a further incredible incredible Shocking news. Americans are borrowing at record levels to pay for their expensive cars as as inflation has gone up. Uh, obviously, the cost of new cars and trucks have gone up f- further and further, which means people have to you know get bigger and bigger loans. The average new vehicle loan is now a record high $40,290 during the second quarter of this year. That puts the average monthly payment for a new vehicle loan to $667. Uh, which which is incredible. It's a, to me that's just so much for a car payment. Yeah, I'm sure that's over 72 months now instead of the 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 60 months that it used instead to be. 60, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah no the the length um uh is yeah just over 60 months 69 months yeah 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 Ooh, and uh, it's not better for used car buyers. The average used vehicle loan has jumped 18.7 percent to about twenty eight thousand five hundred thirty four dollars. Uh, putting the average monthly payment at $515. So, you know, when I look at it like that, like, oh, new car, 667, used car, 515. It's like, well, you know, for, for $152 more a month, you can have a new car. Uh, I might I might go with the new car. Jeez, that's not too bad. Yeah, that's not too bad. But yeah, as I'm looking out my window right now, I'm appreciating that car that's sitting in my driveway that's paid off. <laughs> yes. Oh, I got mine in 2016 and it's paid off. And I am so pleased. And they keep sending me letters like, hey, you want to trade that in for a new one? I'm like, fuck off, Kia. No, I do not. <laughs> yeah. For the same payment? Sure. Not a problem. I'll bring it right down. Yeah, yeah. I haven't gotten one of those for the same payment letters in a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, apparently, used vehicle loans are about 62% of all vehicle loans. So new cars are, are dropping. Like, people are buying new less and less crazy to me is people are still buying cars i'm with you like i'm gonna be driving this new car that i bought in 2016 i'm gonna be driving that till it blows up exactly yeah and with covid for the last few years i mean we put what five thousand miles on a car instead of 15 like we normally would so i mean you can shave two years off of your car's you know age right now i mean who wants a new car you know i did see also uh that the the housing market you know it, it was on fire and mm-hmm. then I read something where Remax is laying off like 17% of their workforce. Ooh. So, ouch. It was all, it was, it was feast. Now it's famine. That's fast. That's a fast switch too. It is. Yeah. Very. Whoa. Uh, yeah. In- interest rates going up. The housing market does not like that. Holy shit. Wow. As, was there anything uh, talking about what's happening to the prices of homes? Are they starting to drop finally? It didn't say, but based on the uh, the letters that I'm getting, 
my house is still going up. So <laughs> I don't know how that's working out. People are, do you want to sell your house? No, I sure don't. <laughs> then sure I got to buy something at a stupid interest rate. <laughs> we, no, I'm good. We're not going to go, right? <laughs> and then for an interest, a huge interest rate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Let me get yeah. half the house for twice the price. Yeah, let me go do that. <laughs> Jump right on top of that. <laughs> I'm good. Right. Thanks. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know uh, who can help you with a home loan? <laughs> <laughs> you probably don't want to refinance at the moment. But if you do, uh, I would like to take a moment to let everybody know Tuples in a China Shop is proudly brought to you by Sue Pullen at Fairway Independent Mortgage and Equal Housing Lender. Sue Pullen is a certified mortgage advisor who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. And and let me let me assure you right now, if you were to give Sue a call and your mortgage percentage was at like two, and right now the rate's at like five, she's not going to push you into a new loan. She's literally going to sit down and go over all your options and recommend what's best for you, because that's who she is. She's got over 20 years experience helping thousands of homeowners, whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even reverse mortgages. She's going to help. She's got a license in 27 states. Reach out and see what Sue can do for you. Best way to do so, just give her a call, 520-977-7904, or send her an email. S-P-U-L-L-E-N at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number 2289. Sue Pullen has an MLS number 206048. That email again is spullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number, 520-977-7904. Did, did Kyle send you the, the Trade Pro ad thing? He did not, no. Oh, let's see. I don't have it written down. Let me see if I do it with memory. Hey, Trade Pro, kick-ass learning to trade like a big institution. Yeah, do it. Sign up. Uh, no, <laughs> the uh, the awesome guys over at Trade Pro Academy, uh, they they do wonderful, wonderful training and support to to walk you through everything you need to know uh, about trading and reading stock charts and understanding what's going on uh, in in the markets to help you trade like a big institution. Uh, we've got a great relationship with them. They are fantastic in their Discord server and their 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 academy stuff, like their workshops. Just amazing. Uh, Vico and George both uh, just love to teach, and and they do it a way for everybody to understand. Uh, we we do have a good uh, discount promo code. Uh, if you join the Discord server, you'll find it there. You can sign up and get a get a good discount and uh, learn everything you need to know about trading like a trade pro. Yeah, and I will tell you that I have taken a couple of their webinars that were free, and they have made a difference for me in my trading almost immediately. Yeah, it's legit stuff. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> it's it legit is. stuff. It's absolutely mm-hmm. legit. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of all absolutely legit, uh, the amazing guys over at Orderflow Labs, uh, Flary and Leo and Job, uh, very kind. They they shared their toolkit with us over here in the shop for uh, trading futures on Sierra Charts, uh, Motive Wave, or Ninja Trader. And they just have some of the most amazing custom studies, uh, stuff you can put on your charts to help you understand what's happening in real time. It's kind of like having a pro look over your shoulder and be like, hey, look at this, look at this, look at this. Uh, buy sell zones, exhaustion absorption detectors, reconstructed tape, uh, liquidity zones, dominator signals. It's just they got something for everybody. Constantly testing their studies and offering amazing support to understand and use their tools. So if you are trading futures, uh, you got to check them out at orderflowlabs.com. And I also got to put in a plug for the Back to the Futures uh, trading series that uh, we do here at Two Bulls in a China Shop. Give those a listen. Just really amazing stuff. Which, you know, uh, longtime listeners will know once I talk about Orderflow Labs, it's time to move on and talk about some stocks.
talk about stocks and time Looking for setups and still not advice Big moves, fresh news and earnings All that we're saying is still not advice Stocks Please don't sue us Alright And alright Jason, you want to lead off with the uh, big stock news you got going on for us today? Sure, sure. So, SoFi, I'm going out of control with the student debt thing. Don't buy it. According to, <laughs> according to Investor Place, they, they say there's a much better buy right now than SoFi, and that is PayPal. Okay, okay, okay. And I will tell you why. Well, Investor Place will tell you why here in a second. Basically, it comes down to price to earnings ratio. Okay. While PayPal has a, a, tra- a trailing 12-month PE of... 53.5, not rock bottom valuation, but it at least has one. Mm. SoFi Technologies does not. Therefore, PayPal's the better buy. Oh, because because SoFi isn't isn't churning out earnings, positive earnings yet? Exactly. That, that is the whole thing. Also, SoftBank announced some plans to sell some or all of its 9% stake in SoFi Technologies. So mm. not a positive sign there. Well, I mean, what PayPal was 1998, SoFi was 2011. They started SoFi is only 11 years old, and uh, PayPal's almost 25. So that you know that plays into it for sure, for sure. I don't know. Looking at their stock charts, I kind of, I kind of, <laughs> kind of like PayPal better as well. SoFi, they uh, they had their uh, IPO back in 2020, end of 2020. Uh, at around ten dollars a share, and they're currently trading at six dollars eighteen cents. PayPal they had their IPO long, long time ago, but they've they've gone. They were as high as three hundred and ten dollars almost back in twenty twenty one, mid middle twenty twenty one, and they're trading around ninety. So I, I look at PayPal and say this is a big discount for a company that, like you said, making big earnings uh, now, currently trading at a discount. But uh, SoFi trading at six dollars. It could be it could be a good good time to get in on that one too. I don't know. I guess it depends on if you think SoFi has what it takes to start making some money on their uh, their their fintech, right? Loans and uh, credit mm-hmm. cards and stuff, but through the the internet. Yeah, and it's saying that uh, fintech investors should look to PayPal instead of SoFi because uh, PayPal has a more powerful upside potential. And like you were saying about PayPal, the high was at three ten. 16 mm-hmm. and mm. it closed today at 92.70 so that yeah. seems like a pretty big potential if they turn it around there and SoFi is kind of a who knows what's going to happen paypal i don't think they're they're doing any dividends uh yet so even though they've got positive earnings um you're not gonna not gonna be seeing those earnings paid out to you if you buy the stock but i have to i, I have to say i myself have a paypal line of credit that i've had for a while and I, I've never done anything with SoFi, but PayPal has made it so easy for me to be like, oh, I want to buy this thing online. <laughs> yeah, that's PayPal credit. Click. I want to subscribe to this thing. Yeah, I'll just put it on my PayPal credit. I think we ordered Grubhub the other night through PayPal. So. Right? Any, any, anything that takes PayPal, you can do their PayPal credit. Um, yeah. But that might be through Synchrony Bank, but I, I don't know. I don't know if that's a different, uh, if it's just like a corporate uh, agreement. Or, or Synchrony's part of PayPal. I should probably look that up. And I'm looking back at uh, SoFi here. Um, 28.26 was the high, and then it dropped all the way down to 4.82 before Biden's little plan here. Mm. The thing that looks like it turned it around, but who's to say if that'll stay in that direction? 
It's tough. It's tough. Technical analysis is technical analysis wise. I'm definitely a bigger fan of PayPal because it, it, it hits some support uh, uh, around uh, the mid seventies dollar wise uh, last in June, about a month ago. And we've been coming up since, but uh, this is bear market time. So if, uh, if the sell-off today were to continue, we can expect PayPal to test new lows, even though we've got, uh, we, we have broken structure. We've broken bear structure for the time being on PayPal, but we have not uh, really broken. We're not in a, in a bull structure with SoFi at all. And I would be a little, I don't I guess, hesitant on SoFi only because it seemed like it, it made its turn because of the, the student loan forgiveness. Oh, yeah. And when you see something big like that happen and it makes a turn, I don't know. That's just, is it going to stick? I don't know if it stays. Well, and what's crazy to me is, is like the government can only forgive the, the loans that the government made. Like I've got some student loans left over that were private loans. Those aren't forgiven. I still got to pay those, you know, uh, I think I'm, I think I've got to pay down to like four grand left, but that's not going to be forgiven. Like I already looked it up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they were not subsidized loans. So the government can't just wave a wand and make them go away like they can with the, uh, the subsidized loans. Anyway, uh, I found a big story about, uh, Apple go figure. Something's going on with Apple. It looks like the uh, they they are going to be facing an antitrust uh, suit from the Department of Justice, and uh, you have to get deep into the article on Politico. But uh, it, the easiest way to describe it would be uh, through a company called Tile and Apple AirTags. Are you familiar with the uh, Apple AirTag? I am not. So the Apple AirTag is a thing that you like. Say you 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 stick it on uh, your backpack and you can't find your backpack, you can pull up your phone and the AirTag will give you the, the location of the backpack, right? It's been, in the, it's been in the media because people are like, you know, using it to stalk on their lover. Like, oh, I'll, <laughs> I'll hide this AirTag in their car and I'll know where their car is kind of thing. Uh, well, Tile is a company that uh, makes their own device used to find lost items like an AirTag, right? Uh, Apple won't let a company like Tile use the... <laughs> uh, they won't let them like, program their own app and use the device on the phone to sync with the tra- Tile tracking device. <laughs> like, e- even, though, even though the hardware's in the phone, Apple's like, no, no, that would compete with our AirTag. So you don't get to... You don't get to <laughs> <laughs> I don't get to use the hardware for that. So which which tiles like, hey, come on now, let's do our thing. That's 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 the 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 for me the easiest way to explain it. Uh, but it also has a lot to do with you know the Apple has had big fights with like Fortnite and in app purchases. Mm, yeah, uh, yeah, they're saying any in app purchases have to go through Apple so they get their cut. And uh, you know apparently that's uh, anti competitive behavior and, and might uh, might looks like we're going to be seeing a lawsuit from the department of justice which can't be good for business over at apple so how many years away are we from us being chipped like we do our dogs so we can find each other oh Feel you like know I, I i don't think it's too far i don't think it's too far and i tell you right now they're gonna do it like you gotta chip your kids what if somebody kidnaps them yeah right which to be fair if your child was kidnapped you would wish they were chipped right 
Like, oh God, if I had only put a chip microchip in my child, I could find them. I guess it depends on your kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Rudy. <laughs> I don't love you. <laughs> Good riddance. Both of our dogs are chipped. We've never used it. So I, I think it's just you keep up with them. Right. But uh, yeah, I could, I could see the, 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 the need. For some, some of these kids running around, but it, and wouldn't aren't you going to be happy your dog is chipped? Like if somebody were to steal your dog and be like, "No, that's my dog," you'd be like, "No, fuck you, we got it chipped. I can prove it's my dog." They're just going to be tracking us everywhere. <laughs> or get tracked by my iPhone. It's not like Apple's going to be like, "No, Feds, you can't have that data." No, they famously do yeah. say, "Fuck you, Feds," <laughs> but not Google. No. Oh, yeah. Total, total sidetrack. Uh, I did read a story about Google where some guy was like, pandemic over Zoom. He's like, hey, doc, my baby boy has a rash on his crotch. And the doctor's like, send me some pictures. I was like, okay. And then Google's like, you pedophile sending dirty kid dick pics. And they completely shut down his Google account. He doesn't have access to his passwords because he was doing like the Google autofill. Yeah. Totally shut his digital life down. Scary shit. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, pro, life pro tip, if your doctor says to <laughs> send me pictures of your child's genitalia for health reasons, don't listen. You, you can't afford to. It's not worth it. You'll get shut down. And I'm not, I'm not criticizing Google because what they're doing is, is a pretty, you know, uh, important thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, I, I, I agree. <laughs> but, you know, you, but I guess in a situation like that, you wouldn't, you're not really thinking about it because it's like, hey, I'm talking to a medical professional. The and, fucking doctor told you to, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. and hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that, uh, that stands up in court when the feds kick his door in. It's just these, these companies like Apple and Google, they have so much power over our lives. And like, I feel like the Department of Justice suing Apple, like that's, that's the only, that's the only recourse you or I could possibly have is, is some sort of government agency stepping in and being like, Hey, now stop pushing these consumers around. Stop pushing these other businesses around. Looking at Apple's stock chart, uh, we're doing pretty good. I mean, mid June, it was down at $130 a share and we're, we closed Friday at 163. Uh, so Apple's still looking hot, even if it is down on the day from the, the Jackson Hole fiasco. Um, it, it looks like it keeps hitting resistance around 180. It got as high as uh, one, one seven, around 175 in the middle of August, and it's dipping down now. But uh, still, still a strong pick. Still a strong pick. God, why wasn't I buying back at the COVID lows at $57 a share? I'm sure it's one of the hot dog stocks too. So can't go wrong with the hot dog stocks, right? It is. It is the biggest <laughs> chunk of the SPY ETF, SPY. Yeah, by far, by far. Well, it's like a two and a half, almost three trillion dollar company. <laughs> the, yeah, the article actually brought that up. It was like, you know, they're going to fight it. They're worth two point seven three trillion dollars. <laughs> the DOJ, Department of Justice, isn't even worth <laughs> two and a half trillion. <laughs> Yeah, they get a couple bucks to find anything they want, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what other what other uh, stocks are you looking at? Relax, everybody. Peloton is fine. Oh, good, good. I was worried about them. Huge quarterly loss. 19% share <laughs> tumbled. But Oof. don't worry, because uh, well, CEO Barry McCarthy, he's got a plan. Oh, good. good. He is going to take care of it through layoffs, store closures, and outsourcing manufacturing. Ah, wonderful. I mean... <laughs> Solid, <laughs> solid plan there. I mean, <laughs> that's how you grow a business. Yeah. I mean, they're going to reduce inventory as well because, I mean, they can't sell these things. And shockingly enough, they, they, they just couldn't believe that when 
COVID was over, people would go back to the gym instead of staying home and just riding their bike. Who would have thought it? Who would have thought it? Who would have thought that the gym is it's not just about exercise, but also socializing? Hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah, he, he says the naysayers will look at our fourth quarter financial performance and see a melting pot of declining revenue. But then he goes on to say, but what I see is significant progress driving our comeback. <laughs> That's what you love is the CEO talking about their comeback, right? Yeah. That's always a good sign. Yeah. Unless you're talking about the people you're laying off coming back to the job that you, you know, kicked them out of. Right. I don't know if there's a real comeback in, in this story oh. that he's got going on here. Wow. Yeah. They, they also don't have a price to earnings ratio. <laughs> they do not. No. Whoa. Yeah, they got, I remember back at the end of 2020, they were, what, 160 a share? Yeah, as high as uh, 171. Ooh, wow. Yeah, and what, they, what are they at now? They closed at 1061. Yeah, and uh, let's see, their <laughs> low was uh, yesterday at 822. Wait, are they up on the day? No, no. Oh, no, no, they're not up on the day. It's just where it happened to be the, the lowest yesterday as it was still going down. Yeah, no, that doesn't look good for, for you, Peloton. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Oh, look at this chart. Ooh. Yeah, it's rough. Just as, as on Wednesday, they were at $13.5. That's, oh, God. <laughs> that is a bit of a drop through the week. Yeah, and I was, I, I was looking at the wrong chart when I gave you the $8. I was looking at the monthly. So, but yeah, ten twelve today, when it got down there, is the lowest that it's been in weeks. Ooh, Peloton. Yeah. But don't worry, the layoffs will help. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I saw I saw one headline on the Verge that was Peloton CEO thinks losing one point two billion dollars is a sign of substantial progress. <laughs> I, I just I don't know when I'm looking at a stock if if I hear declining revenue, negative gross margin and deeper operating losses doesn't give me a warm and fuzzy about the stock. I'm not like, yeah, let's, let's get into that one. That's, that's the company for me right there. <laughs> right. That's the trifecta. <laughs> Triple threat. Unless we're going short. Oh, exactly. Exactly. There you go. That's a good opportunity, you know, for short sellers, if that's your thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I can't see the majority of people choosing, uh, like, if making the choice going forward, like they 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 have a customer base, right? People that already bought them, and they're they're losing those customers. That's shrinking. And for for people in the market to make that choice between like, oh, should I get a gym membership or buy a Peloton? Like we're already talking about crazy inflation. Like people don't have money right now. Like the cost of cars are through the roof. Like you think people are going to invest in a luxury bike or like find a gym that's twenty dollars a month? Yeah, because the the bikes are around fourteen hundred dollars. Yeah, and I mean, let's think about why the stock went up. I mean, it went up during lockdown when people were finally like they didn't have an excuse not to exercise anymore. Right. And they were bored. I mean, they were so bored they decided, fine, fuck it, I'm going to ride a bike. And and so. right. And here was a bike that can give you the illusion of connection of I'm exercising with that group class. Exactly. Well, so it fed off of the I'm lonely. Mm-hmm. And I need to exercise, so I'll go ahead and buy this bike. And now right. we can go outside. <laughs> right now you so, can ride a real bike, and you're yeah. fine. <laughs> I'm gonna go buy. I'm gonna go buy a forty-five dollar Huffy and just <laughs> ride through my neighborhood. I'll there be you, good. There you go. <laughs> well, uh, I came across a story about uh, T-Mobile. Uh, they're they're partnering with uh, SpaceX and their satellites, uh, which was 
crazy to me because I did not think that uh, the Starlink satellites would would be used for cell phone that wasn't like you know something Elon Musk like <laughs> Musk Musk phone get your get your Elo phone but yeah here we are they uh, T T Mobile uh, what's their stock ticker T T M U S uh, is their stock ticker they're trading they're they're looking pretty good uh, they're they're uh, they're teaming up with SpaceX they're going to be using this this uh, not SpaceX the, yeah SpaceX Starlink satellites they're going to be using to uh, expand their self coverage to all of the rural places that you can't currently get a, a cell phone reception. So the middle part of America where nobody lives? Yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, well, I mean, look at, look at, excuse me, when, when we look at the, the, the battle between T-Mobile and Verizon, Verizon's always been like, we got the best fucking coverage map ever. So if, it, you know, you can pay that, that Verizon premium. Uh, but this is, I think this is a very savvy move for, for T-Mobile. And and Starlink because it gets Starlink more out and and, and uh, more it gets Starlink revenue from a place that they weren't getting it before. Like they've already been dumping satellites all over the sky. Uh, there are Starlink satellites everywhere. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and now Starlink's going to make some some scratch off that. They're not publicly traded, sadly, sadly. But uh, uh, but T-Mobile, yeah, making it making a big move. Um, looking looking at their stock chart. They're uh, they're up off of uh, January lows this year. They were down at a hundred, around a hundred dollars a share, and now they're they're up at a hundred and forty three. They closed on Friday, hundred forty three, oh two. I mean, down down from uh, the the high. They opened at one forty seven, so it's it's down a little bit. Still, T Mobile rock pretty high. Uh, they don't have a, a dividend at the moment, but they do have a positive. Uh, Price to earnings ratio, so that's something. They got some earnings. I wonder what's in it for Elon. It's got to be more than just getting into the cell phone game. There's got to be something huge. I think for him, like, there's going to be some revenue. Like, T-Mobile doesn't get to just use their satellites for free, right? Right. There's a huge sunk cost in the in the satellites they've already put up, and they they there's no plans to my knowledge to start just giving people broadband satellite connections. But I think this is the first step to doing that. Uh, and and they can you know create some revenue and some income from T-Mobile because that's not they're not going to do it for free. So so uh, I I mean I currently am on T-Mobile. So like the idea that I, I there there won't be any dead zones anymore. Oof, that's a big win. It's a big win for them because I I really like that. There's definitely been times where I've been driving. And it's like ah fuck my cell phone cut out. Well, I live in Alabama, so it feels like that's everywhere for us because we're <laughs> oh, we're like thirty years behind everybody else. So. <laughs> Right. Look, now you can get a T-Mobile phone and boom, you're fine. Now, it's not going to give like crazy Internet. It's like two to four megabits per second. So it's it's pretty much just texting and voice. But hey, your phone, it's going to work. That is definitely an advantage here. Because we, yeah. we are living in the 80s. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> is that going to be the new state slogan for Alabama? Welcome yeah. to the 80s. We finally made it. Inflation's yeah. high. <laughs> you finally made it. <laughs> we're still in the same spot no difference here oh wow wow all right let's uh do you have any more stocks you want to talk about no that, that's all the all fun right. i have for those let's, let's move on and talk about some crypto i got some crypto in my wallet hanging out on my ethereum blockchain yeah i got some crypto in my wallet. Some Doge, Sushi, Polka Dot, NFT. 
I, uh, I have one crypto story. A uh, new Forbes analysis. Uh, found this story on Forbes. The headline is, more than half of all Bitcoin trades are fake. Uh, Forbes did an analysis of 157 crypto exchanges, and they came up with a number of, of, uh, uh, of more, more than half of Bitcoin transactions. Uh, they're, they're currently being faked. All right. 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 Uh, The U.S. Commodities Futures Trading Commission defines wash trading as entering into or purporting to enter into transactions to give the appearance that purchases and sales have been made without incurring market risk or changing the trader's market position. So uh, uh, Forbes is saying that most of these Bitcoin trades are are just wash trades and and people would do that uh, because they want to inflate the trading volume volume to give the appearance of rising popularity. So uh, apparently it's bots executing wash trades in these tokens to increase the volume uh, while while insiders reinforce with uh, make bullish remarks like out on social media and stuff to to try and drive up Bitcoin in a in a pump and dump. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, wash trading also will benefit an exchange because it, it makes them you know look more credible and like like they're doing more stuff. Like, oh yeah, look at all the volume we're doing on our exchange, and and there's nothing to regulate it. There, not yet. No, yeah. no. Uh, <laughs> Forbes said at the time of their writing, uh, Coin Market Cap put the latest 24-hour trading of Bitcoin at 32 billion, Coin Gecko at 27 billion, Nomics at 57 billion, and Masari at 5 billion. So, like, all these different companies are clocking different amounts. <laughs> yeah. So Forbes did a deep dive uh, uh, on. The, the, like back back in March, they did sixty uh, the sixty best exchanges, and more recently, they did a, did a deep dive into the one hundred fifty exchanges, and they asked them three questions: Where is Bitcoin traded? How much Bitcoin gets traded every day? And how is Bitcoin traded? And their findings were: uh, uh, one, more than half of all reported trading volume is likely to be fake. Uh, they estimate the global daily Bitcoin volume was one hundred twenty eight billion a day. That's 51% less than the $262 billion one would get by taking the sum of self-reported volume from multiple sources. Uh, Tether, the world's largest stablecoin, uh, is you know, really dominant in the, the crypto trading economy. Uh, its current market cap is $68 billion, despite, despite questions about its reserves. And in terms of how much Bitcoin activity takes place at these firms, 21 crypto exchanges generate a billion or more in daily trading activity, while the next 33 exchanges add volume between 200 million and uh, 999 million across all contract types. Uh, so it looks like there's like 21 main firms and then, then the lesser firms under. Uh, but the biggest problem regarding the fake volumes are the firms that tout big volume but operate with no regulatory oversight to, to make their figures credible, like Binance, uh, Bybit, MEXC, MEXC Global. Uh, it just, just there's, with no regulation, it's really it's the wild fucking west. And they're like, ah, we'll report whatever we want. Nobody's checking. I, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know. <laughs> I'm still trying to take in that over half is fake. Yeah, right. <laughs> is that well, amazing? Wow, that is. Huh. Get into crypto, everybody. Uh, <laughs> there's nothing <laughs> shady going on at all. <laughs> we need to change those numbers to half of fifty are fake. Come on. <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh, wow, 
That that is that's impressive. I mean, if that doesn't scream something needs regulation, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and we are we are starting to get closer and closer to regulation. Thank goodness. But uh, all everything that comes out, and the longer crypto goes on, the more. I see what I feel like is the necessity of regulation. Like it can't just keep going like this. It can't, it can't. We're just going to see the same things that took down unregulated stock exchanges a hundred years ago. Yeah. It's one of those times when you, when you're like, yeah, okay, government. Yeah. We kind of need, we kind of need your help over here. You can stay at all this other stuff, but we, we need you to do something about this part. Yeah, yeah. A lot of regulations didn't come about because the government was like, well, we need to feel like we're powerful. It came about because like bad shit happened and people were like, come on, we got to do something about this. Crypto exhibit A. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like the whole FDIC, like insuring banks, like that wasn't because of nothing. Right. It wasn't just like some one day people were like, we should have regulations on banks. And if they follow those regulations. They get insurance. No, people did runs on banks and banks went out of business and it fucked up the whole economy. So we developed the FDIC insurance program like banks. You got to follow these fucking rules. And if you do, we'll insure the deposits so people won't be like, my money, I got to be the first in line to withdraw or I won't get it. Like China's currently experiencing now. (laughs) Anyway, there was a Korean. I didn't sadly, I didn't hear about this until it uh, recently uh, ended. Uh, a Korean professor built a machine to literally, it was basically like a porta potty, like you shit in it. And it uses the, the feces uh, to, uh, as it's processing, to like generate electricity and give you poop coins, literally pay you in poop coins for your, uh, yeah, for fueling this machine with your shits. Uh, he literally made a shit coin <laughs> fueled with shit. But crazy enough, people weren't interested. You don't say. They weren't. <laughs> yeah. He had, to, he had to shut it down. Yeah, it's a toilet that turned poop into energy and paid people with the, with the digital currency. But uh, he, was, uh, he was converting it into methane gas and using the methane to generate electricity and paying people in... in uh, I think uh, what was the the coin was uh, G G O O L tokens, uh, but it was you know like a literal shitcoin token. Had to shut it down. Yeah, people were not interested in a literal shitcoin. He really should have went for marketing and branding and really focused on some other things and really sold it differently. <laughs> right, right. He really should have called it the shitcoin. Like I don't know why I called it G Ghoul. Like you know, like really lean into it. That's what it is, right? Yeah. I want to see more marketing, like make a deposit now and we'll make a deposit in your wallet. Right. Like, uh, miss, miss, misread the market there. Poor you guy. can make some money. We're not shitting you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All the taglines are endless. Anyway, uh, you know, you know what that, you know what it means when we get done talking about crypto, right? No, we, uh, we do the good, the bad and the ugly. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's right. Shot you dead. So, uh, you're a trader. Jason, uh, what what, uh, what what do you think the good parts of your trading this week was? Well, I recently started trading options. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So, and what I've been doing is setting out, okay, I'm, this is the amount that I'm going to spend on my options. And then I will day trade and make that amount. That way I know at the end of the week, the, the worst that's going to happen is I'll break even. And I've been doing that for the last few weeks and it's been going well. It's been going well. So, 
it's not a great, it's just kind of a good, it's just a different thing that I'm trying and it's, it's, it's working out. So you're following a risk management system. Yeah, because um, if I don't lose money, I make money. I may not make any money, but I'm still not losing. So I figure if I'm not losing, I'm winning, even if it's zero. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's it's so incredibly important to to follow a good risk management strategy. Absolutely, I I I can't stress that enough. I myself in my options trading didn't didn't start doing good until until I I, I hit that realization. And then part of part of Trade Pro presentations uh, was like, oh wait, yeah, I should I should make every trade with that risk in mind. Like, how much money am I going to risk? And if I don't risk more than I can afford to lose, um, I'm going to be doing good. It's working, except I guess we can shift into the bad for me because it kind of goes along with that. All right. All right. Let's hear um, it. When I didn't do my due diligence on my SoFi option that I got this week, because, you know, I guess I live under a rock and I didn't pay attention to the student loan forgiveness thing that was going on um, mm. and kind of went the wrong direction on it. Didn't lose. I, I mean, I didn't lose a ton of money. It was only like $15 worth of options, but still. The reason for me that it's bad is just it's bad practice. I mean, I know better. It's one of those things where it's like, what are you doing? You you, you should <laughs> options aren't a thing that you have to you know get in and get out real quick. You got time to look at what you're doing, so just do it, moron. It's kind of one of those things. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, I uh, I I only traded a couple days this week. I'm actually currently uh, uh, recording this episode from St. George, Utah, of all places, uh, for for whatever reason. Uh, personal reasons, but you know, uh, here I am. Uh, so I haven't been trading. Like I mentioned, I, I wanted to buy that, that put <laughs> just betting on Powell. Uh, but Monday and Tuesday I did get to trade and, uh, I, I traded my levels right where I wanted them to be. And I made money and I stopped, uh, as, as I right, you know, at a good point, uh, didn't over trade, didn't trade off levels. That was very good. Very solid. Exactly what I want to be doing. Like even if I had lost money, if I traded only my levels according to my plans and within my risk management, I consider it good. Uh, and I, I did all that, but I made money. So it's a doubly good. It's a good I can, I can uh, take to the bank. And uh, I didn't, didn't trade beyond that this week. Only did the two trading days. So I, I didn't actually have a bad or an ugly, uh, which is what we strive for uh, here in the China shop. Uh, the, 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 three, the three stages of becoming a successful trader is uh, stage one, you're losing money. Stage two, you stop losing money. Stage three, you make money. And I still consider myself kind of in the, the second stage of like, I'm not losing money. I'm still down for the year, but uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm slowly getting back to even, uh, and it just feels really good. Proud to be there. Yeah, I have this. Uh, I <laughs> I have. I'm still in the evolution stage. I'm not sure where I'm at, but uh, mm -hmm. I I kind of said, all right. Well, January through June was terrible, so let me just look at July first until now, and that's the number I'm going to shoot for and try and break even by the end of the year, and just forget the first six months happened. Uh, right, and right. Then just just focus on that because you know I'm still in still in the trying not to lose money part yeah um and yeah this is the reason why i've got an ugly this is this is this is the dumbassery that goes on in my in my life and i don't know why i do it uh oh you know watching the pattern on on carnival and i was like yeah i know what's going on see it i can see it i can see it way too overconfident and i got impatient and i jumped mm. in too early on a short position mm. and 
broke resistance. And I was like, well, you know, based on what I've been seeing, how high can it go? High enough, high enough to make it bad, real bad. High enough. Because, you know, instead of just taking the loss, I was like, nah, it's going to come back down. I know. So, you know, I went ahead and increased my position because that's always the way to go. Oh, yeah. So luckily I don't, I don't, right now I'm not trading like, you know, 100, 200, 300 shares at a time. So it wasn't a huge loss, but it's more of a I lost money because I was a moron. And then it hurts my confidence because I'm like, well, maybe I didn't read the chart right. I did. I read the chart just fine. I just didn't just didn't practice risk management. Right. Like I read it just fine. I was impatient and then I didn't get out when I should have. The two things that just do those two things, you'd be fine. But nope. You know, I can't tell you how many bad trades I have made with that exact same thing. Like I was impatient and I didn't fucking get out. I dug in and got stubborn because I'm right. And the market's wrong. Because <laughs> yeah. that pattern is always going to be the same pattern every single day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> always. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. If I could just get away from that, I would just have bad and good. That's the stage I'm at right now, trying to get rid of the ugly. I just- yeah. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's hard, and, but it's so important. So important. All right. Well, should we, uh, should we try and make a bet against this damn random? Sure. All right. You know, I uh, I pulled up my watch list on my phone. I, I since I am uh, uh, in a hotel room at the moment recording this, I don't have all my screens to to pull up all my stock charts. I'm noticing that the 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 spy ETF aftermarket it's down to 404. That's that means it's a it's a it's almost it's a 3.68 percent drop today, which is huge, huge. I believe Powell would call that painful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. I think there's going to be a rubber band effect. Personally, uh, uh, I think I think Monday uh, next week, I think we could see the bulls come out. I, but I, w- I wish I had my, my my charting software up so I could see the volume profile. I don't know. Part part of me wants to just uh, uh, go go uh, bet on the triple leveraged spy SOXL. Well, that no SOXLs. That's the semiconductors. Uh, this holy shit, <laughs> they are way down today. But also, part of me is like, this is the last pick for random, and we're like so far ahead. Then I want to I want to pick something safe. Hmm. Decisions, decisions. Do you have any any thoughts on what you would pick to trade next week to to beat a random stock? I mean, just small. Like I don't see. I mean, I know that that it dropped quite a bit because everything did. But like we talked about SoFi, I know it's not a big stock, but I just don't see it. I think the the whole FOMO effect had it going up. I just I don't see it rebounding that much. It may come up a little bit just because of the market being down today, but okay, I st- I'd still be short on it next week. You 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 want a short SoFi? Yeah. Okay. It, okay. I'm looking uh looking at their five day. Yeah, they oof, they're not looking good coming down off a of seven. Uh, the volume today is, is pretty good. Pretty good. Um, filled filled a gap from the beginning of the week. Yeah, we can we can short SoFi. 
I like that. Because on 824, the volume was 114 million. And then the next day was 53. And today it was 74. So, yeah. And that 114, obviously, is when it jumped up real high. So I don't, I don't see it. It may come back a little, but I don't, I don't, I don't see it. I think it's going to overall be down for the week. Next week. All right. Let's put a tight stop on it then. Uh, we'll say we're going to short SoFi if it's, uh, uh, as long as it's under, I want to say if, if, if it opens with a gap down, I don't want to just short it right away. As long as it's over six. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I think it's going to Monday morning, it's going to bounce back up. I know. Yeah. But I think overall it's going to, it's going to have a, a decline during the week. So yeah, it has to be over six for sure. And let's put, um, let's put a stop. I want to do a percentage stop. I want to do a percentage stop because if it, if it, depending on what it does, uh, I don't want to put a hard dollar amount because it might, you know, it might move a lot pre-market and then, then that stop ends up being like 20% away from where it is. So let's, let's say uh, 5% stop loss, wherever, wherever it shorts, we'll do 5% right. above that will be our stop loss. And then uh, take profit at, uh, we'll say, Five percent and ten percent. Sounds good. All right. Okay. Uh, I should probably write that down somewhere, but whatever. Uh, and I, uh, I had the honors of of finding the random stock today. It is Carrier Global Corporation C A R R trades on the New York Stock Exchange. Um, I think they do like heating and cooling. Yeah, yeah. They do like the mini splits and stuff. And looking at their chart. Um, look, looking like, uh, we are in a bearish pattern. So yeah, take that random They're at 4024 coming off of a, a 44 definitely structurally, uh, did break out of the bear pattern with that 44, but, uh, coming, coming back low, we'd have to see this $40 area hold the next week. So, I mean, they're currently in a bullish pattern, but overall long-term they're, they're down, uh, a year ago, they were like 58. So fuck you random we'll see what happens <laughs> all right so we're going short so five randoms long car stay tuned next week we'll have the bet results for the whole month uh once kyle comes back and does the math for me because i didn't you know feel like doing that work that's where we're at today uh thanks for sticking around to the end folks thank you jason for filling in for kyle we really appreciate having you here I, i've had a really good time i hope you've had a good time too i have thanks for having me appreciate it Absolutely. You'll have to uh, let us guest on completely off the rails sometime. It sounds like it'd be a good time. Yeah, I think Kyle and I are working on that. So yeah, definitely. Wonderful, wonderful. There you have it, folks. Come back and check us out later. We'll be be back at you soon. But until then, happy trades. Bye. That's my Kyle impression saying goodbye. Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.